beautiful people and welcome to the highly melanated podcast show i am your host natasha monique and thank you guys for tuning in um it's it's been a minute it's been a few weeks and um i think about doing a podcast like every day um one because i love talking so much (laughs) and i feel like everything that's swirling around in my head got to come out but also because it's like a passion um i just i love doing this And I honestly feel like I really, even when I'm just talking to myself, I really feel like, damn, that was really thought-provoking. Like, you should say that on the podcast. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to go back and uh, try to be as consistent as possible. But um, just because I'm going through this journey, um, it's it's not always easy, you know. I've done some podcasts where I couldn't even post because it was like, it was so emotional, you know, although my whole um, mission and, and, and reason of doing this podcast is to, to break generational curses one episode at a time, sometimes while I'm recording, like, it, a lot of shit really hits me, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, am I just speaking this out into the universe so it could just be between me and the universe, or do I want to share this with the world? Because, you know, some chapters, they don't need to be read aloud. Sometimes you keep those chapters between, you know, you. Um, so don't get me wrong, guys. I, I I've been doing the work. I've been trying to be consistent with you guys, but it's just sometimes it's like you gotta listen to yourself and and myself be telling me like that's how right. so it's it's just save it for y'all to you know, you and yourself <laughs> just save it. So um but this one should make the cut. Um I feel like I, I'm ready now to to let this one make the cut. Um uh, but um, during my journey, uh, I did realize, and when, when you hear me say journey, it's just what it sounds like, journey, mental journey. Um, and going, going to therapy, um, what I found out during my journey is that I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And um, now that I know what it is, it, it, it's scary because once you really like, you know how you try to do your own research on things, and then and so you like you looking at shit and it's like it's it's worse and then it's like when you really really find out what it is like you do your research but you still carry on instead of saying all right now i know what it is how do i work through it like when i found out it was i was diagnosed with anxiety and depression like i was really upset because i felt like i kept thinking about um me in, in the past like i wasn't like this in the past but Back then, I was being everything to everybody that I didn't even realize it was only a matter of time that that was going to happen. You know, like you can't be everything. You can't be everywhere. And I felt like I always had to do that. I felt like I always had to be there for my mother, for my brother, for my father, for my stepfather, for my stepmother, for my cousin. Like I felt like I had to be everywhere for everybody. And when I started to pull back, you know, some of it did come from, you know, being in a relationship now. And also, I didn't even realize it was just me starting to shut down. It just so happened that I got in a relationship. So some of my families was looking at it like, you know, it was probably him. You know, and that's sad that we think like that. That's sad that our perception of black men is always like evil. It's always negative. It's always a darkness. You know, it was me pulling away because of being with a black man who 
it's a conscious black man and and when we say conscious sometimes people even look at that as like oh separation like that's because that's what what america wants you to think that you know a, a strong black man a strong black woman is scary yeah scary for them shouldn't be scary for us you, if anything, I want to be surrounded by, by strong, uh, conscious black leaders. Because please, come on, pour into me. Pour into me. Because what America was giving me made me fucking crazy. Clearly. But, um, you know, in, in, in the process of um, removing myself, it just makes you see, like, who really gonna rock with you. And it's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things because I remember there was a point where my partner and I were at everything before Bakari, man. We was at every single thing. Like, we really would, like, make all our stops visiting my side of the family and his side of the family. You know, whoever we decided, like, all right, this one gonna be last. Like, we, but we still had, like, an order of, like, how we, we spent our weekends with family. So, once I got pregnant with Bakari, um and there was no drinking and doing all that carrying on and stuff I really started to see everything and everybody um it was like honestly it felt like in Matrix you know um when you really see truth it's scary and I definitely had my moments where I was like scared like wow like this is what it is like and you can't go backwards like once you know it's hard to know and I like in the first Matrix when uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who was Morpheus in the movie, was saying to him, that's why, um, like, normally they don't, um, older people, they, they wouldn't bring them to, to, they wouldn't, um, allow them to see outside of the Matrix because you're trying to unravel, like, everything that you know. So I'm going to be 34 years old in two months. Damn, that shit went fast. A nigga going to be 34? Shit. Wow. I just remember being 30. God damn. But anyway, that shit's scary as hell. But, um, you know, being 30, about to be 34, you know, I, I only know my family to be one way. And even when I was growing up and I would see shit that wasn't right, it kind of was like beat out of me, you know, or religion was forced out my throat. So my grandma would always tell me, turn the other cheek, forgive. So I suppressed a lot of, um, I forgot what I was saying. Don't get me the line. Um, I'm going, I'm going to figure it out though. And, and you know what? I'm going to say this real quick. I love listening to new podcasts. Um, people that are just getting established because I'll see them do the same thing. Like they'll be talking they'll be like, what was I saying? and it makes me feel comfortable that it's like when you're a one man show, you know, Hey, you just roll with the punches, you know, perfection. And, and, and that's what it's about. Not like, you know, telling your story. And not worried about, is my story going to be perfect while I'm telling it? So I just had to say that because I definitely forgot what I was talking about. And that just made me think about a podcast I was listening to. And he was, he was, I was listening. And then he got lost because sometimes, you know, when you keep building with yourself, you're bouncing ideas off of you. That's it, yourself. So, but anyway, um, so shout out to anybody that's a one-man team on a podcast show. I understand, y'all. Listen, I understand. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's like storytelling. And sometimes you really can't forget what you're saying. But um, anyway, my family definitely, they, um, I know they wanted to be supportive, but I was the go-to guy, you know, I was the life of the party. I was the cousin who always had the advice, you know, um, and I was okay with that for a long time because I feel like each generation has their, their elders, their appointed leaders. And that that's me, that one of the eldest, one of the appointed leaders. But it's also important to know that 
you don't have to be everything for everybody, especially when it comes to family. And I feel like um, brown people, you know, whether um, uh, black, Hispanic, or whatever, I feel like, because my, my Hispanic friends say the same thing to me. We always, we're taught that family is everything. And, but we're, we, we're, we're, we're not taught to um, boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we feel that we have to be intrusive and have to be in each other's lives. And, you know, we even, hey, some, some people build a whole career to talk about how intrusive their family can be. And, you know, it's funny, but still at the same time, like, you know, on a serious note, like, you got to have boundaries. You got to have your moments to yourself. You can't have everybody in your business with their opinions. And, you know, it, it makes me even, you know, fall back with what I see in my family. You know, I'm learning to say, hey, you like it? My uncle said it to me like this. He said, niece, they like it. I fucking love it. I was I was venting to him about something that was going on with one of my family members. And he looked at me like you going to drive yourself crazy. And honestly, I feel like that's what started to happen. <laughs> I it, it started to make me shut down because I was so worried about protecting everybody. And, uh, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. I know we're taught that in our family that black means strong. And, you know, you got to. No, 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 no. Listen, you ain't no, you ain't no blacker. You ain't no stronger. You know, say no. It's okay. That don't, that don't make you less strong. Actually being strong is saying no. Being strong is knowing your limits. It ain't how much I can carry on my back. Eventually, that shit gonna weigh on you. It's gonna smush you to the ground. That's how I know how. That's how I feel emotionally. And you always say to me, he said you carry a lot of baggage, and I do. I didn't heal from them childhood wounds. I did not heal. You know, I became an adult at three years old. I helped my mother with my brother at three years old. I was molested at four, you know, and didn't happen again. It didn't happen again. So whenever you experience something traumatic, you freeze in that moment in time. And a part of me was stuck there. Not to mention, um, actually, this is perfect because it's going to segue into my show, um, which is called Porcelain Doll, because my parents had me so a childlike and I was a show pony. You know, I came out when it was time to, 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 to say, look at my baby. You know, look how beautiful my daughter is. Look how educated my daughter is. Look how smart my daughter is. My daughter can dance. My daughter can sing. It really was. I would just come out to be like a show pony. To the point, like, you know, that'll that'll drive you crazy because you'll think that you always have to be right. And not to mention with homework. Like, my cousins will call me and say, help me with the homework. I don't know everything. I ain't that goddamn smart. You know, and then on top of being neglected at home, my mom was so focused on her own life. She had me 19. So my mom was so focused on her own life. And then my brother came in and my brother was a lot of a child to deal with. So nobody paid attention to me. So when you're an abandoned child, you just learn shit the best way you know how. But emotionally, nobody is um, showing you love and support. You know, it'll, it'll break you down. You just don't realize that's what's going on. And, um... That's what, what was going on with me. But it still was like my parents wanted me to be the center of attention. And sometimes they didn't realize that's what they were doing. And when you do that to your kid, they become um, narcissistic, you know. And my dad's a narcissist. Oh, man. Down. Ooh, a narcissist. My brother's a narcissist. You know, it, 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 once you start going through your journey, it makes you realize how much you want to avoid your family sometimes. Because it's like you will feel yourself slipping being being like that again and i know for me right now this journey i'm going through can't nobody go along for this ride with me i don't want nobody coming with me let me let me let me drive this car by myself all my life i've been the driver of a fucking van is what it felt like a soccer mom van and everybody i pick up everybody 
I'm tired. Just give me a small little car. Honestly speaking, I remember I even not purchasing a Lincoln Navigator. That shit was a piece of shit. My brother actually called it the Johnson family vacation because that's what it felt like. You know how their car was so fucked up? And the uncle who actually was played by Cedric the Entertainer, he fixed it up. And then as soon as they came back from a trip, the shit fell apart. That's literally the type of Lincoln Navigator we had. And I remember us buying that Lincoln Navigator so we could fit everybody in our family. And when I tell you I always was the driver and everybody in our family came somewhere with us, that's how I was. That's really how I was. And one is very exhausted. I am very tired. That show pony, that porcelain doll, that that just those those things that I felt like <clears throat> that's what I was. I really was. It was like they'll take me out the box now. Go tap dance. On top of listening to whatever my mom and stepdad was going through, my stepdad would share that with me. And when I would ask questions, he wouldn't. When, when I would ask personal questions, because mind you, he already done dumped everything in my lap about, you know, whatever him, my mom going through it. That's what parents do. Your parents will do that to you. And um, what fucked me up and what actually kept me childlike was that he's 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 dropping grown up shit in my lap, right? He's it's venting to me and we, we trying to work through whatever's going on with him and my mom. Again, being the oldest, you just get that responsibility. But when I would ask him questions, he wouldn't answer my questions. When I would ask him adult questions, he wouldn't answer them. And I would just be okay with that instead of saying, whoa, wait a minute. So how come you ain't answer my questions? You know, I wouldn't question it because growing up, we were taught to honor thy mother and thy father and get religion. You know, it never told us when you get old enough, it's okay to say in the, in the, in, in the most respectful way as possible, like, leave me the fuck alone. It's not my problem no more. That will give you anxiety too. You know, taking on the responsibility of your parents. Because your parents are wounded children as well. If they don't get help, that's they're nothing but wounded children as well. And I felt like that's what I've been dealing with for so long. Wounded children. I remember um, my brother actually being diagnosed with a, um, with a mental illness. And I remember always having to come home. I didn't even go away far for college. I stayed close by so I could help my mom or my brother. And I used to pride myself in saying that. I used to say, I ain't leaving. I'm not doing, I'm not leaving. I got to stay with my mother. I'm a grown-ass woman now. Who, like, what? It's her, it's her own life that she got to live. I got to go. Oh, excuse me, y'all. I got to go. It's not my responsibility no more to be that. I helped my mom raise my brother when I was three. And then right turn around when I was 19, my other brother came. So that's most of my life I've been raising children. I'm tired. And now I want to live my life with my partner and my son. And I don't care who think that that's weird. You're weird. For thinking that that's not normal for black people to to, to want to be together. And not in isolation, but protecting. And, and the thing is... Well, I should have finished that thought. Protecting their space and their energy. With family, they take shit personal because they don't even understand. They'll look at it like, oh, oh they avoiding us. Or, or in my case, oh, she avoiding us. You know, um, she thinks she better. And you can't even get mad. 
I remember I always felt like I had to prove to them, like, no, I don't think I'm better. No, I don't think I'm tired. You can think whatever you want to think. And if my memory serves me correctly, it was family that I remember that did the most abuse. Whether it was mentally, spiritually, emotionally, fuck it, definitely physically. I remember a family doing the most fucked up shit to me. So why would I want to be around y'all? Especially with, with my child? Mm, yeah. Mm, that's okay. We are we will isolate people in our family who break away. We will make we will ostracize them and make them feel weird for saying like y'all niggas if y'all don't do better, y'all gonna be stuck in this loop. Like we really fuck that motherfucker. They think they better. They 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 think they this, they think they that. Cause I'm protecting my pay, my my base, my space, my inner peace. That's what you think. This journey, you got to you got to listen. You gonna go through some shit. But you gotta be bold enough at the, at the end of the day, to, even if your legs wobble and stand up on, on your motherfucking two feet and say, This is who I am, and this is what it is, and this is what I will not tolerate. It's scary being in your new skin, being in your, 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 your like, really seeing shit for what it is. It's, it's scary. I'm telling you, I be wanting to run back and, 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 and go back to that old, but I can't. I always use this story. Um, as an example to explain this process I remember I was at a birthday party once and um, when I got there I didn't know anybody everybody was playing and I just set off to the side and didn't know anybody and after a while I got up I was nervous but I started playing with the other kids and I went back and sat in that same spot to see if like I still had that feeling of um you know, loneliness, um, awkwardness, because I was new and I didn't know nobody there. I was only, you know, I didn't know nobody. And it didn't feel the same. It did not feel the same. It was like, it's all right now. You, you go have fun. And I don't remember why I did that as a kid. And I don't remember why I always remember that when I'm trying to, like, explain this journey the best way I know how for, for people, yeah, to get it. But that's what it felt like. Once you once you uh, know, you can't unknow. Man, I'm always nervous about my podcast because I feel like being honesty, honesty, honesty. Hey, listen. Once you know, you can't unknow. It's hard for me to not share this stuff. It's hard for me to keep it in. You know, I feel like that'd be doing a disservice to you guys. I feel like it's a disservice to myself because this is what my podcast is all about: breaking generational curses. And a lot of us are afraid to step out. You know, afraid to go to therapy. I know for some people with church, not not the fucking corrupt part, but going to church and hearing a word that hits you. You know, it's that saying. It's like throwing a brick in the darkness. It's gonna land where it's going land where it needs to land and that's what it feels like sometimes when you hear people speak truth and I know a lot when I'm talking to my partner I, I I hear it a lot sometimes we get into whole arguments because he thinks that I'm not listening and I had to say to him one day it's not that I'm not listening to you because I am listening to you so on a, such a deeper level I am trying to see if anything that you're saying is applicable to my life so sometimes I can't repeat what you're saying because he'll say to me he'll do this game 
that he'll be talking and then he'll say, wait, what was I saying? Half the time, I think he does forget, but then I think it's just to see if I'm paying attention to him. Y'all know couples, we do fucked up shit to each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> he'll see if I'm paying attention. And I used to be like, like when he, when he would ask me, he would kind of make me uncomfortable because growing up, my dad, um, my dad was abusive, you know, in a way where he yelled a lot. So, I you don't yell, but it's a certain tone that, and, and it's not even personal towards me. That's just how he is. So, it's a certain tone, you know, that he'll ask me something in. And, like, it'll, like, it'll, it'll be a trigger of how I grew up. So, like, I'll respond back to him. Either I'll stutter or I'll respond back to him really aggressively. Because it's like, nigga, who you talking to? And it's like, that's just his voice. <laughs> you know how some people say, your resting bitch face look mean? I think LMA even had a song about it, you know, about her resting bitch face. Um... Uh, I think it was on Naked. I think that's the song called. But, you know, her resting, she said her resting bitch face. It makes us look like a mean girl. But it's really just your resting bitch face. That's his resting man voice. That's his resting man voice. And um, it made me nervous. But anyway, I'm sorry. But um, I was explaining to him that I try to uh, apply, you know, what you're saying to my life. And a lot of times it'd be some truthful shit. So when I'm not around my family, that's really what I'm doing. Just in the house building with my partner. It's important because I didn't see that growing up. My dad ain't pouring to my mother. He made a lot of withdrawals, a lot of withdrawals. He he took everything from her that he could possibly take from her. He did the same thing to my stepmother. My mom just had enough sense to leave faster. That's it. But she still carried those remnants with her because still the same shit. let that shit go gotta let that shit go you have to she carried that with her my dad he did more harm the the best thing he could have did was give her two children and she always say that think about how much worth she didn't know her worth because because when we know we be like now fuck that because again going back to what i said once you know you can't unknow but some of us, because it's scary to, to step out on our own, it's really like learning to walk again. It's like when you see a, a baby, it was a calf, being born, and you see them like they, they coming up out of that, you know, they mama going zones, and they try to stand up and them legs wobbling like shit. And then they, and they get stronger and stronger. And that's how you have to look at your rebirth, you know? You're you, you, you being reborn. And you're going to wobble a little bit. You might even have to crawl. But damn it, when you walk, you better fucking walk tall with your back straight and your chest out. I remember getting really drunk one night when I was in college and having a nervous breakdown. And I remember saying, um, crying hysterically and saying, I don't want to be like my mother. When I was 21, I went through a lot of embarrassing moments, but partially, you know, 99% of the time because the guy I dated in college wasn't shit. We was good in the beginning, but we was young and it was just toxic. And I felt like most of my relationships were like that. In the beginning, it was good because when they first met me, it's that show pony, it's that porcelain doll. Oh, look at my pretty girlfriend. She can she can do all of this and she's so pretty. And then it was like once they really got to know me and seeing how fucked up I really was, it was like, ugh. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, because they had their shit with them too. But it's just 
they couldn't deal with my shit. And instead of me saying like, girl, because I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know my worth. Because I know I should have been walked out of the relationships, but I never seen healthy. You know, my mother and stepfather, they don't live together. And they've been together since I was 10 years old. I ain't never seen healthy. So what the fuck, what I'm working with? My dad? Who has a porn addiction, so the only thing he really taught me when I would walk past the room and catch a glimpse of him watching porn is like, sex. And it makes you think, what the fuck happened to you that your world is like that? You know? What happened? My parents, they fucked up. They fucked up. And I always say to myself when I do my podcast and I start talking about my parents, like I always say, you know, this is me worried about what people think. I always be like, I know people like, damn, I'm so tired of hearing about my parents. And you probably don't even think that at all, but that's the anxiety and that's the self-doubt that I have. But I'm telling you this for a reason. That grudge you probably holding with your mom and daddy, whether they're here or not, and I'm sorry if they're not here. Forgive them because they don't know. And I get it, you can't keep making excuses for them. But again, what did I say about the Matrix? And what Morpheus said to Neo? We usually don't bring them when they that old. People be stuck in their ways. Think about elders. Think about when you're talking to an elder. If I was to talk to my grandmother not about religion, my grandmother probably would try to smack me. She probably would listen a little bit. But that's the only thing she know. That's that what she know about her Jesus. And I'll tell you one fucking thing about her church. When my grandmother passed away, they ain't have her back. All that money she was giving to that church, they did not have her back. So, sorry I got off topic, but that just was a thought in my head when I thought about my mama. That religion? Hmm. They human just like us. They regular people just like us. They sin just like us. And when you stop looking at people like they're God and see God within yourself, you you won't be so disappointed when people do things. Because they're just being who they are. Like my mother and father, just being who they are. And they they working with whatever they were taught and whatever they picked up on along the way. So me knowing better, me going through the spiritual journey, I know what I will what I'll tolerate, what I won't tolerate. I don't have no more space for stupidity, for brokenness. I don't. So I'm figuring this out the best way I know how. I can't really ask my mom for advice on how to handle a relationship. The only thing she's going to tell me is you'll know when you had enough. And I used to think my mom had the answers to everything, bro. I really did. And we, and most of us do, you know. But then I start to see her, you know, for who she is. She don't got the answer to everything. She just piece together what she know, and here, there you go. And I'm not mad at that. She just doing the best you know how. But me not seeing that healthy, I have to do that myself. Especially now with a son. You know, and, and working through anxiety, depression, postpartum, all that shit. 
You know, um, when you tell somebody that you have like a mental illness, a lot of times people will avoid you. Um, I've seen my own family members like get so uncomfortable when somebody's asking me a question. And, you know, because they're my family, they feel like, damn, I mean, that her response is a reflection of me. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not. You ain't do it. We just happen to be a part of the same fucked up family, you know? So a lot of us are free, you know, to, to acknowledge truth. Um, but again, once you know, you can't unknow. And this porcelain doll is about time. I honestly just want to be left alone. But not in a way where I'm shutting everybody out. In a way where it's like they get it. They don't have to get it, but they get it. I don't understand what she's going through, but she look happy. Nah, and, and it ain't just looking because I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. Because trust me, let me tell you something. When you go through unraveling some shit and you got to go backwards, whew, that's scary as shit. You, you opening these doors and you got to go through all of these things. Some doors you, you peek through and be like, oh, hell no. And you'll shut that shit fast as hell. But some of them, in order to get through the next one, you got to go through that door. You have to. Some memories you don't want to relive, but you got to go back. Don't stay there because now this is a healthy you that went back. This is not the you that couldn't handle it when it happened the first time. You know, now you have tools to help you, to guide you through when you got to go back. Everybody don't want to take that journey. Everybody not ready. And then when you watch TV, it's so much, so many distractions to keep you from it. One of the things that I do um, in regards to, like, the news, like, I used to have it pop up on my screen, and I realized that that was giving me anxiety, knowing everything. So, I took the notifications off. Now I have to physically go look and see. Or if I go, I I even took off, um, my family has a group chat, took the notifications off. But if I go look, then I'll see what's going on in the outside world. I deleted my Facebook, I deleted my Instagram. For now, just to take a break. Damn, that's crazy. Because I'm like, should I have said that? <laughs> you got to be careful now. Because, you know, everything is controlled. But I would say, for me personally, social me- removing myself off of social media um, is definitely helping me work through this journey. I don't even know if I... Um, did I bring that together right when I was just saying? I'm sorry, y'all. Because I'll be talking to y'all and i just be zoned out. I'm sorry. Work with me. Some of my stuff going to be choppy. But this is a part of the journey. <laughs> I know. I keep saying I'm bring people. And I will bring people up here. But, um, hey, it's one episode at a time. So, I got to work through some stuff. You know you know, I, you know what I look at my podcast as right now? Like, you know how um, with a, a, a TV show first um air and you know i know that's how i look at it i have some you, you have some episodes that's like really good and then some you be like wow and you just be sitting here like processing it and it's like you you like i can't wait to see how this ends and then when it does and it's like oh, i want more this is really odd but i want more 
that, well, I mean, that's how I look at stuff. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this podcast. Because some episodes I feel so confident in. And then there's some of them where I just be like, oh, did you go Kanye? My good girlfriend Blanca told me it's okay to go Kanye. Kanye real. In his own way. And that's the thing. I, I, I also try to say, um, where do I fit in in the category? And some of us can't be boxed in. And, and that's a good thing. Because why would you want to be? But I guess it's safe to not be the center of attention and it's okay but what I'm learning is you could be the center of attention but in a way where it's not narcissistic where it's not negative you could be a center of attention because what you're bringing is something different and people were like wow you know I never thought about it like that you know or I, I didn't even realize that you know that's that's what's going on with my sister that's what's going on with my mother that's what's going on with me so it's like I love this what I'm doing. It's 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 it gotta be done. I think about doing this every day. Every day and every day I'm like, but I'm but I'm scared because a lot of shit went on with me. And you know, again, some chapters I'm not gonna read to y'all, but a lot of them chapters that I need to read, they it's scary. It's scary, but you gotta do it. I've heard people who um like a lot of uh, artists, celebrities, when they, they say when they do their book, and I genuinely believe them, I don't think it's they they have to say this. I don't think it was a PR move. They say once they they wrote their book, you know, or books, it's like a release. Because think about how much we carry and how much we're harboring inside of us. That's why a lot of us are, uh, temp- we have temp- we're very temperamental. Because it's like a kid, you know. Well, what do our parents say? Shut up if I give you something to cry about. How many of us shut up? How many, how many times life, just as a black person, you know, how many times you had to shut up for the world give you something to cry about? Or before you, did you get killed? A lot of us are walking around with so much pent up frustration and anger inside of us. And you got to release that. You have to. You have to. It's not. Listen, if you still here after all that shit happened and you can still stand, you can work through it. You can get through it. Because let me tell you something. It's going to be. If y'all ain't really here, some sh- I done been through some shit, man. I done been through some shit. I should have been fucking dead. I should have been chopped up in somebody dumpster. I lived my fucking life. Let me tell you something. I do not judge strippers. I do not judge prostitutes. I don't judge people that do drugs. I don't judge alcoholics. I'm learning because let me they done went through some shit. And that's 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 some life is fucked up, man. I'm sorry y'all, but I, this is the only way I can explain it to y'all. I understand people that go through shit like that. I understand substance abuses. I get it. You do hurt people in the process, but it's like, for some people, it's hard for them to come about of that. But for those that do, that's 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 even more power to you. And for those that haven't, I pray that you do. The world is fucked up, and it's even harder for us black people. It's hard. That's why in some of our neighborhoods, what you see, mainly black people, strung out on drugs. And nowadays, if you look at these these young men, they they dropping like flies, man. What's going on with our young men? They 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 somebody killing them or they killing themselves. They're taking things. What are you trying to escape from? That bad? Well, you got to get so high. And I ain't talking about marijuana, cause marijuana don't do that to people. It's that other shit. What are you? What what, what are these babies escaping from? Look at our parents. What were they trying to escape from? 
got to surrender to a higher calling. I'm not talking about no mythical thing in the sky. You got to find yourself peace. You have to. Right now, what I'm going through, I feel like a person that is going through detox. And you see it, you know how you see it on TV. Or some of you may have experienced it firsthand. You're going through the motions. You got to get all that poison out your system. And that's how I feel right now. I got to get all that poison, all that shit that I was taught. I got to get that out of my system. My past does not define me. And I remember I used to think, like, ain't nobody know me. Ain't nobody know my life. And my, my partner had to say to me, let me tell you something. Oh, people talk about you. Don't get cute. People talk about you. You're not You're not excluded. had to humble myself I had to come up off that high horse because don't get me wrong oh there were times where I did think I was better because that's how I was raised porcelain doll come on porcelain doll it's okay if you out here being a hoe you still pretty and smart ain't nobody gonna know <laughs> shit people was talking about me I mean I even heard something like not too long ago and I'm like wow I didn't acknowledge, I didn't care, but it was just like, pss, poison. That's all we know. Think about it. Think about how many times you had a conversation with some people and you be like, damn, they so negative. Because I know I'm a negative person. Because I know how I'm raised around my family. That's what they, they gossip the majority of the time. So, you know, I mean, don't get wrong, politics is sprinkled in here and there. But my family, they're negative on both sides. All we do, we crack on each other. We talk about each other. Like, that's it. If that's all you're working with, that's all you're going to know. I remember going to Rutgers Fest. And we was driving. And I talked about like 10 people. And one of my friends was like, damn, Tasha. And I was like, so? And I and I, and I, keep, I always think about that. And that's another thing with my journey. I think about times and I and, or moments in life and I say, how could you have handled that better? Or I'll say to myself, that was really fucked up what you did and said. And I had to learn to forgive myself. And, and I, what I'll say to myself is, that is... That was then, this is now, and I am peace. And I say it because when I'm going through the journey sometimes of thinking about things, like I feel this, this I feel like the heavy weight, that, that uh, what I was saying, that baggage, I feel it starting to push down and I have to sit up, literally sit up, close my eyes and say to myself, that was then, this is now, and I am peace. And I have to say it, say it, say it until I don't feel heavy anymore, until I feel lighter. You don't have to, that baggage, we don't have to carry that baggage with us. I understand, you know, we're taught, it's like a, it's like an unspoken word about black families, you know, about brown families. We got to stick together and you, you can stick with your family, but you also got to know that you are your number one. You first, you first, seriously, you first, not even your kids, not even your partner, you first, you first. You got to be a healthy you before you can be anything to anybody else. I'm telling you from experience, I know. I'm learning how to stand on my own two feet now, and it's scary. Hell, I'm even learning how to do my son hair. I don't know how to do hair. If y'all ever see me, my hair always plug out, y'all piped out, but you know, I got wigs, I pay people. I don't know how to do hair. I know how to do my own natural hair, but even sometimes I get lazy with that. I don't know how to do hair. My mom didn't know how to do hair. I mean, that that's a whole episode within itself. <laughs> Being teased about my black hair. We'll talk about that. 
but I know how to do hair and and um I remember not even realizing that I was okay with um being just being complacent with just saying that you know I don't know what word I want to use so just let me give you an example like my mom not being able to braid I would say to people whenever people like oh you don't know how to do hair and I'd be like hell no my mom ain't know how to do hair I don't know how to do hair but I never thought to say, think to myself, like, nigga, they got YouTube. They ain't have YouTube when your mom's growing up with you. Now they got YouTube. Look on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Or pay attention when you're in the shop. Look, look how they breathe. It's, it's not, like, I, I literally would block that out. I wouldn't even try because I'm like, well, if I don't know how to do it, then why I'm going to try? You know, if I, if I ain't know how to do it all this time, I'm not going to know how to do it. I bet you I started rereading my baby here. I got about 10 braids done. They weren't my best, but they look good. As good as they gonna get, because he got thick hair, and his mama learned how to braid. And I also had to say to myself, everything can't be perfect, because a part of being a porcelain doll and a, a show pony was I, I became a perfectionist, because I felt like everything has to be done right. They're depending on me. And I, I had to learn patience. Patience, man. Gotta have patience. Practice makes permanence, not perfect. So, I'm working. I am working. People don't, you know, understand. And it's not for them to understand. My therapist always say to me, everybody can't go with you on your journey. And I can't tell you how many times that my friends made my journey about them. And it bothered me, bothered me, bothered me. And now it's like, I don't care. Because even when I tried to open up and share, I've seen people who I would consider a friend before. But now I'm like, eh, we might just be associates. Because I've seen who really had my back and who didn't. When I had my baby, shit, it was only a handful of people. And don't get me wrong, some of my friends, they they, they came and showed me love. With Bukhari, but it, um, then there were other things like going through this journey where they made it about themselves, and that's what made me say, You know what? You're making me be an unhealthy me, so the healthy me gonna check you. I don't gotta yell because I'm not finna do that, and that's another thing I don't like doing. That I'm learning with doing this journey. I don't like friends, I, oh, I don't like to have friends because I don't like saying I don't like friends. I don't like to have friends who think that we have to argue all the time. I, that don't work for me. You know how some friends be like, bitch, 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 you the bitch, bitch, bitch. I don't like that. When I was younger, okay, but I don't like that shit. I mean, we could joke with each other, but I don't, all that aggressive yelling and I don't, I don't like friends that I feel like we got to fight all the time because clearly you, you, the wounded child in you, it feels abandoned and you got to have a conversation with that wounded child. The wounded child in you feel like they have to argue. Is that what I should have said first? Because I was going to go into abandonment. And an abandonment is I have friends that if I don't answer them when they call me, they feel some type of way. And I used to get mad. I'm like, why are you, let, why are you letting them make you mad? Hell no. I don't want to talk. I was in a position where I always had to be on my phone. People, I don't even like what people call me Miss Tasha. That's how much I don't want to hear that right now. Man, when I tell you I put every fiber of my being into the position that I just relieved myself from, I don't want to be fucking bothered with people. 
I was in a job position where I was bothered by people all day long. Right now, I just want to be a mother. That's it. I want to be a mother. I want to spend time with my son. Everything that my mom didn't know how to do for me or my dad, I want to do that for my baby. That's where I'm at right now. And a lot of my friends don't have children. And so, no, that's, well, yeah, a lot of them don't have kids. And some of them do, but some of them act like they forgot. So that's why I, I say everybody can't go along for the journey. But shout out to my friends who never turned their back on me, who try to tell me about other people and I didn't listen because those people was the people that I, you know, I, I was pretending to be like, you know, and whenever they would do shit that didn't feel right, I would like laugh, like, ha, ah. but in my mind, like, that was real fucked up what you just did. And I had some friends who like was real. It's only a handful of them that really was like, all right, I'll see you when you come back. And when I came back, they was like, ready to listen now? So shout out to those friends who didn't give up on me, man. And that's another thing too with this journey. You got to accept when you was wrong. It's not always what everybody did to you. You also got to say, well, what did I do to this person? How could I have handled that, you know, better if that ever happens again? And then there's some chapters where, you know, there's some things you won't get closure with. And be okay with that too. You won't get sorries either. And be okay with that too. Because some people can't say sorry. I was very honest with my parents this weekend. And the responses that I got from all of them is what I expected from each parent. And that's all I'm you know, because getting some chapters you, you don't want to read. But maybe I'll just a little bit. You are alone, but you're not alone. I love um, to come across people that went through that journey in their in, in their own way. Because, you know, we all go through shit differently. And, and they say to me, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. A lot of us are fighting battles. You know, mental illness is not just somebody locked up in a psych ward with a robe on, playing checkers or talking to themselves, man. We, we are people. We walking around here. I was watching The Breakfast Club uh, last week, and Wale was on there. I didn't know he suffered from anxiety and depression. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to misdiagnose, but I definitely heard him say anxiety. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they kind of go neck and neck. But um, hearing him admit that, I was like, wow. And I love Wale. I love his music. I love the way he writes. He thinks on a deeper level. He really does. People like him, I feel like they're afraid of people like that. The airwaves, they know what they want you to play. You know what I'm saying? Programming. Come on now. Programming. That's 
that was real dope to hear him say that. Even Jennifer Lewis, I, I seen her interview on The Breakfast Club. I think it was about a year or two ago that it came out. But um, I had happened to come across it like like a few weeks ago. She was talking about bipolar disorder. And when I tell y'all Jennifer Lewis, I love her. You know, she's the black mother of Hollywood, bruh. Her personality, I identify with that. Her all over the place, I identify with that because she took her trauma... And this is how she made the best of it. That's why I fuck with comedians like Richard Pryor. These people, these comedians, they went through a lot of shit. And, and, and sometimes it was because, uh, uh, these characters are developed because of abandonment. You know, you have a lot of time by yourself because you know, your parents probably working or doing God knows what. And you have a lot of time with yourself. I know that's how it was for me. I was able to develop such an imagination and to, 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 to develop such a personality because I spent a lot of time alone. My mom could leave me by myself. She couldn't leave that damn brother. But she could leave me and I was okay. I would watch videos. I would, I would know how to do every routine. I would uh, have, play, have my own fake radio show with my little tape cassette player. She didn't know if my mom ain't know how to... Um, she didn't know how to cheer for me, like, head on, but from a distance, she knew how to. I just buy me those things. She knew I liked music. She brought me a tape recorder. She um, knew I was big on intelligence, so we had internet. One of the first people in the hood that had internet and cable. And I'm humbly saying, not even saying it in a narcissistic way. But my mom, she just knew how to provide. That's it. She ain't show me that love. So... What I learned through my journey is that I always feel like I'm not enough, even when I am enough. That's a combination of upbringing and America making me feel like I wasn't enough. And working with black people that look like me who made me feel like I wasn't enough. Because in fact, I was too much that it was like, oh, hell no. And that's what we do to each other. I see it in the workplace all the time. I remember thinking that working with black people, that's going to be the best thing where everybody going to hold hands. We're going to have kumbaya time. None of that shit, man. If they fucked up, they fucked up. And that's what they're going to give you. We got to stop looking at people as superheroes and see them for who they truly are. That's why you got to look... You, you got to be your own best friend. You got to be your own cheerleader. And you got to know that if you are in a position where you feel like you cannot grow, you got to start doing the necessary steps you need to get up out of it. And I understand a lot of us are older. We have families. You can't just pick up and just dip. Hey, stay down till you come up. But while you down, you better be fucking building. Building. We can't build our foundation on mud. Brick by brick. Build. It's uncomfortable. Think about for some of you, you've been in the same position. Or, or, or it, it could be a relationship. When you used to being somewhere, you stay. You stay. Because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-mm. No, it's not. If you make it more withdrawals than deposits, I don't need to be here. Think about how many of us tired. Gotta get up in the morning, go to work. You drag going to work. How many of us do that? Get up in the morning, it's the same fucking routine. And go to work. Where you're not valued. Where you're looking at the big bosses. These motherfuckers coming in whenever they feel like it. Taking vacations, doing all of this shit. And here you is in the basement. In the bottom of the triangle. Bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> working. Hmm. You think they care if you got a mental illness? Hell, half of them got, a, got one too.
the trunk. <laughs> you think they care about you? No. Get the work, nigga. Our parents maybe felt like they didn't have a choice, but we got a choice. You won't get pushed back because you're black. I was reading a black girl's rock book. Can't even think of the names offhand. But these are black women who are, they was in the Obama administration. They had a black president. They was working with a black president. Still got some pushback from everybody else. Made it difficult for them. Because they're black. And they're a woman. Think about it. Come on now. Black men got the vote before us. Before women. Let me say it like this. Black men got the vote before the white woman. Come on. Even though it was a lot of poll tax and all of that, but still. So what they tell you about us? Come on, history repeats itself. Y'all ain't paying attention? It's always going to be harder for us. Because we're black and we're women. People steal from us every day. Come on, look at culture appropriation. Please. People steal from us every day. When y'all gonna stop trying to make people that don't look like you, 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 you want them to make you equal? You already know we not equal. It's a difference. They see the difference. We Y'all don't see the difference? How many of us they got to kill before we get it? We are different. You let people say, I don't see color. Shit. They see color. You see the difference of how they handle a black boy and how they handle a white man? I watched this video one day. This white man was in his truck. It was two white officers. The white officer, um, the female white officer, excuse me, got close up on the car, right? Well, her gun, close up on the car. This white man stuck his hand outside his window it was only rolled down just enough for him to stick his arm he grabbed this fat white lady officer she was like please please i said bruh you serious right now if that was a black man they would have swish cheese that fucking truck up in the new york minute you hear me y'all don't understand make your own lane pave the way for yourself Come on now, what you think our ancestors fought for? I'm mad as hell they ain't teaching me about Malcolm in school. Who don't talk me about Martin? Why they gonna teach me about the black man that said no fuck that by any means necessary? Huh? What? You know what type of shit you gonna start with all these black folk? When y'all gonna get it? Man, I'm sorry I went off on a... Listen, I'm sorry. Listen, but it got to be said... And knowing what I know, that's why I, I can't go back, man. Because once you know, you can't unknow. And me knowing that, I have to... That was a lot of news in that sentence. <laughs> but me knowing that... It, 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 I don't feel so uh, anxious. I have that anxiety about, oh, I wonder what my family is saying. I don't feel that as much. Because 
when you know yourself, it's nobody, nobody can use that against you. I'm, I missed out on a few things, being a new mother, being tired, going through this journey. I missed out on some stuff. And I was that family member that was at everything. There's some things I missed out on because I'd be that tired mentally, emotionally, and spiritually that I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy to tap dance. I don't have the energy. Mom, I don't want to be pulled out the box right now. But knowing myself and learning that I'm learning myself, I should say, makes me not give a fuck what nobody think when I don't come to something. Because that shows you how much we we don't pay attention. We be so quick to uh, respond. If you you around somebody who always was the life of the part, who always you always seen them, and then you don't see them no more. What's up with them? We make it personal. Don't make it personal. Who's sorry for that long pause? How long I've been talking? Oh, damn. I didn't realize I was talking for that long. Let me just share something with you guys before I go. A lot of things that's been helping me as well, too. I forgot to mention it. <laughs> it's self-help books. I've been doing a lot of reading. And um, it's helping me realize that, you know, you're not the only one that go through it. Which is, again, why I like to do podcasts. So you could feel like, mm, damn, I thought it was just me. No, baby, it ain't just you. But um, I've been reading these books um, to get me through. This one is called 100 Days to Be Brave devotions for unlocking your most courageous self and this is by um annie f downs and i just happened to be in target one day with the baby shopping we was having mommy and son time and um i remember my therapist telling me to get my self-help books and um i grabbed this one and so every day i just read um it has a scripture in it and you know a, a story to go with the scripture um i ain't cut out um religion altogether but i just learned how to I just learned to apply it where it needs to be. I have Taraji book around the way, around the way girl, really good book, and I love Taraji. Um, now that I'm reading her book, I feel comfortable in my skin and knowing, like as a black woman, when you have a personality that's so outgoing like that, you should be doing something. Whether it's radio, um, whether it's being in front of the television, if you got the juice, you got the juice. So shout out to Taraji, man, I love her book. I'm almost done. It's a really, really good book. Um, I got Beloved by Toni Morrison. And um, I've always heard about Toni Morrison, but I never, ever um, read any of her books. So um, after watching the documentary, I felt so inspired. I was like, bruh, I seen a book and I was like, I got to get it. And it was 20% off. And um, I got Becoming by Michelle Obama. I can't freaking wait to read this. Um, once I finish my Taraji book, I'm definitely going to read it. I'm excited. My girlfriend said it was good. So I got my own personal copy. And I'm souped up. Y'all don't understand. Growing up, I love to read. My mom, like, really made sure that she always brought me Goosebumps books and um, different books to read. So, you know, I'm getting back to, to my roots, which is reading. And last but not least, the book that I have is um, T.D. Jakes, Lose That Man and Let Him Go. And this is a good book. It has some scriptures and it just talks about um, 
black black boys being wounded children and um even though he's talking about black men i feel like black men and black women are are the same when it comes to a lot of trauma and you know and also it helps me better understand my partner so a part of me finding myself is or, or, or the process that i'm doing is i'm learning how to listen to more because i always talk about me and I never gave my partner that space to talk about him. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of work. So that's why I be low and y'all don't be seeing me. But I thank you guys for listening to the Highly Melanated Podcast Show. I am your host, Natasha Monique. Peace. <laughs>